What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. I'm super excited about today's show. So it's a little atypical from the regular format. I had talked a lot about bringing on people in the hobby to have conversations, and this is the beginning of that. So I've built my dream list of people that I've been learning from that I'm going to be reaching out to in the coming weeks to get on this show and hopefully share their voice so we all can be um, educated and, and learn and be better collectors and investors. But as I was going through, who am I going to reach out to first? Who do I want to record to with first? I got a text this week and the text was a picture of a slab and I couldn't believe who it was coming from. And that was my older brother, Kyle, who was back in the game. So Kyle and I grew up um, collecting cards and trading them and going to the card shop. And now he's been consumed with all the opportunities and all of the everything that goes into the hobby. So he's jumping head first and it's awesome. So I'm beginning to realize the importance of providing education to new people entering the market. And we're all new entering the market. There's a lot of us that are new. So I think I felt like it was a good opportunity since Kyle was brand new and just hungry and trying to consume as much information as possible to have that conversation and share it with you all from someone brand new back to the hobby. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think um, there's a lot of things that Kyle talks about that I went through and some of those key learnings that I know you're all going through. So hopefully this helps and hopefully you can get one nugget that you can take back to make sure that will help contribute to making sure you're really enjoying the hobby and becoming a better collector and a better investor. So enjoy, definitely hit me up, give me feedback. Um, We're planning on doing a lot more of these. Welcome back everyone to Stacking Slabs. I am super excited to do a little interview and a little conversation here. I know it's been something I've been talking about in uh, my first several episodes, so excited to kick that off today. As I was uh, thinking about this show and these conversations and who they should be or who's going to be probably most beneficial to these conversations, you know, I was thinking about feedback that I've gotten on social media and questions I've got and um, tips that people are giving me. And what I'm continuing to find in these conversations is that a lot of the people I'm engaging with are people that are jumping right back into the hobby. And that's super cool because I'm someone who's jumping right back into the hobby. Um, and, And as I analyze these questions and these engagements, Obviously, I've seen uh, gaps in what doesn't exist. There's so much great content, and we've seen uh, talked about that great content throughout each of these episodes. But I start to evaluate what purpose the show is um, serving to the market. So that's been super exciting. Honestly, like too, I think people are enjoying the casual nature of this and just how it's kind of a low key, fun show for people who are interested in sport cards. So I think it's super cool that brand new collectors are coming to this show and I'm meeting people for the first time and learning so much. Um, And, you know, throughout all these and all these conversations, one popped up and that was my brother who shot me a text this week about some purchases that he made. So as I was trying to get my content calendar scheduled and interviews said, I think, you know, better way to kick things off than talk with my brother. Kyle, how are you doing? Good, man. Great to talk to you. Awesome. So I think it's interesting for the audience. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about why and how people are getting back into the uh, hobby. And there's one of these elements of, you know, 35 to 40 year old males who are having kids, um, are kind of kids are growing up, they see the cards, and then inevitably, parents who grew up with 
cards are getting back into it um, with kids. So you obviously, you know, based on your age, you have two sons. Um, have you thought about that at all as you've kind of jumped back in? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I was reflecting on this the other day. So I'm going on 38. Uh, so I grew up as a card trader, you know, with you in, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Um, as you mentioned, I've got two sons, one's three, one's eight months old, right? So they're not into it yet, but like I see like you and I at that age and like where the fandom started to creep into it. So it just brought back like this flood of memories, right? And um, from a market perspective, you know, listening to your show once it started, it was like, oh man, I forgot about those good old days. And so you kind of dive right back in. And as we've talked, it's so overwhelming. But like one of the things I like I equate it to, and you know, I think it's a good just example is like we grew up like watching our favorite shows and like say they're black and white television. Well, like 25 years later, I'm getting back into it. It's the same shows, but now they're in color television, right? It's like this whole new world that's opened up from just, you know, the different types of cards out there, the art of each of these cards. Um, it's just a cool experience, right? So, you know, I think about getting back into it and then, you know, obviously getting my boys involved one day and it's just a, a fun, fun hobby, a fun interest and, you know, fun conversations to restart again. Yeah. And I think one of the things in our few text exchanges and small interactions when you've run to go get coffee and get out of the house, um, you know, we've talked about just, you know, now we're at the, the, the point in our lives where we've got a little bit of disposable income and, you know, we are always trying to decide, well, we got a little money, like usually it goes towards something that um, is a sunk cost. So I think just the perspective of having something that you can invest in that sports related and watch that investment grow is certainly appealing as we both, you know, you know, work in business and we both, you know, invest our money in certain ways. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think anybody that gets to our stage in life, right? You're, you're paying bills, you're, you have income, um, you know, you have kids or you've got other aspirations that you're saving for. You're trying to be a good and, and financially responsible by investing in stocks or mutual funds, or even just put money away in savings, right? That's just normal evolution of life. And getting back into cards, you realize the market that's out there and you almost treat cards as like a stock that you're purchasing. You hope over time that value increases and then you can flip it to make a profit. So that's kind of the business side of it. And then again, going back to like childhood, and like who your favorite players are, there's like this fanboy, you know, part of the card market as well. And so as I try to figure out just, you know, a model for getting back engaged, obviously I've taken your advice and thoughts into consideration. Um, I know the end goal for me is really just to have some really cool cards of people I admired or looked up to as sports athletes that I can pass down to my boys like later on in life. So how do you invest in a rising star, um, a rookie, you know, within the last two years that their card value increases over time where you flip it, you've got a profit, and then you can buy these crazy expensive, you know, cards of a Reggie Miller or a Peyton Manning that obviously us growing up in India, those are my guys um, just to have as, you know, um, assets to pass down to your kids. So that's kind of how I think about it. And how I, you know, look at where to go and, and who to invest in. Yeah, no. So I, I think you and I share, and it's been fun interacting with you because we have not, I have not said, oh, I've got this podcast. I'm going to tell you what to do. It's almost like we're both learning and we're both making our own decisions and um, our philosophies are, I'm finding are similar and there's some differences in there, but it's fun to um, kind of connect on that. So 
what I want to do, I want to kind of take us, I want to take a step back and get into some specifics because since you are obviously you've been an observer or you're, but you're brand new, you know, like immediate to the hobby. So I want to kind of talk through your evolution and how you got from, you know, consideration of or awareness of what's happening to consideration to actually, you know, getting on eBay like a maniac and trying to find good <laughs> deals and good cards. Um, so I want to talk through that, but I, I would be remiss if I did not share with the audience that I was, I was honestly, I went for a run this morning and I tried to eat breakfast and there was chores around the house and I was like trying to do all this stuff. And Caitlin's at work um, right now fighting the good fight. And so I was like short on time, but I, w- I was, I was thinking about like you, sports cards, you, and I would be remiss not to mention that I think we're, what's the, you've in the past two years, you've had two 20 year anniversaries of state championships that you won <laughs> while you were in high school, right? So you tell the, the glory tell days, the, man, tell the people about your accomplishments that you still talk about today. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, it was, um, you know, growing up, you know, we were fortunate to go to some great schools here locally, computer high school being one of them. You know, I, I was a graduate of 01, um, played football all my life through college, but it really started, you know, at Cathedral. And, you know, as a sophomore, you know, we move up to varsity and I was fortunate to compete for quarterback at that at that time. So, you know, that was what the 98 season um, got injured early on that season. So kind of was out the first four weeks team struggled a bit in the first few games and they gave me a shot fifth game of the season against Broader Ripple and we never lost a game the rest of that year so we were 13 and 2 the following year uh we repeated as state champs as 13 and 2 again and then my senior year we lost to a really talented team uh in Plainfield High School um who was full of seniors as well so tough way to go out on a losing note but I was fortunate to play on a two state championship teams. Uh, in my class, I had two guys that went to and played in the NFL. And one of them was Mr. Football from Indiana. So it was a talented, talented squad. It was fun memories to have. And, you know, again, it's just kind of you think about life and how sports has been around your life the whole time and how it's fun now to get into this conversation on the card market that, you know, continues that, uh, that fandom. Yeah. And just to complete the painting of the picture on that. So the team that Kyle was referencing was really, really good. I was young and went to every game. And the one of the coaches on the team became my head coach and now is my current father-in-law. So it's kind of like an <laughs> Irish, Irish Catholic mafia here in Indianapolis a little bit. Um, but I'm excited. Let's talk about cards. I'm actually, I, I usually you know record all these and it's all by myself. So I'm excited that I have coffee with me right now, which is great. So I can actually take sips of coffee when you're talking. and. That's going to help fuel the conversation. But why don't you, since you're brand new, why don't you share with the audience just what was your process from like the beginning of being aware of what was happening with cards to you being back interested to you being action, like walk through like what that evolution looked like. Yeah. And honestly, it started like when I think you posted on LinkedIn that you were starting this like new podcast. Um, called Stacking Slabs. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I'll check it out and see what it's all about. Then you start about like your re-entry into it, going to the card shop. It, you talked about kind of your, you know, the struggles at first, just trying to figure out what that business ought to look like or what your approach was to, you know, how you came kind of this three-point strategy. So that was like, got the wheels turning, right? Internally. And so then like anybody, you turn to the internet just to start seeing what's out there and consuming as much content as possible. And then you realize like, holy crap, like this, market thing it's insane not only 
is there huge demand for it right now. But like the card manufacturers have changed since I was even, uh, you know, interested 25 years ago. I mean, I remember going to the grocery store and getting packs of baseball cards that had the stick of gum in it, right? I mean, that's like my last memory of, of the card market. So immediately you're just trying to figure out what is this Panini thing? What is a prism? Like what is, you know, all these card names is upper deck still relevant in basketball or not. So and can I, can I, let me, let yeah. me jump in there just because, so it's funny. And as he's describing this and he's talking, ask, texting me questions about prism, there was about, you know, six to eight months ago, I was having the same problems <laughs> and the same questions. And I was trying to find information, but like it's gotten so damn confusing with, you know, the, the brands and the parallels and the insert. So I immediately, as he started asking me questions, I, I felt like it was my obligation to share as much as possible because when you're spending your money on these cards, especially on eBay, like you need to know what the hell you're trying to buy in order to know if the, the value is there. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, and that's the other big piece of the puzzle is the value aspect of it. Right. So you get to a point where you're like, cool, like I want to just make that first purchase and you're like trying to figure out what it is and like you're learning about grading too, right? That's a whole other conversation to figure out like what the heck's going on from that perspective. Because, you know, I grew up where you get your cars, you put them in like a plastic sleeve and a binder and that's it. And then you turn to your Beckett manual that you get to see like what that card value is. And obviously that game has completely changed. So, um, so finally you just, you learn enough, you understand what the brands are, you understand like what types of cards, like my first thought was, okay, cool. I, you know, Panini's great. They talk about rookie cards and Prism, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me like search what that is. And then obviously I'm not going to just go all in and start spending a ton of money. Like I, you know, was looking for a, a low cost piece to buy something that may be great. And I think my first purchase was a, a Michael Pittman, you know, Jim Mint 10 Prism card that I got for like seven bucks. And, you know, it was just cool because a, for me, it completed that like initial purchase of buying a, a brand name card, the type of card that I think, you know, everybody's buying. I was buying a rookie card because those are obviously more valuable over time. And then it was a graded card too at a 10, which, you know, people seek out and it was pennies, right? It was not that expensive at all. And plus I'm investing in a, a draft pick by the Colts, right? That I can follow as a fan over time and hope that, hey, maybe he becomes successful and that card value increases tremendously. So that was like the initial purchase. And then you just continue to search. And then you look on eBay again, you realize, you know, you get all these sellers that are selling you the raw or graded cards and you're trying to make judgments on how do you justify certain costs? And I'm a data guy. So I'm trying to figure out how do I understand what cards have been sold for what price and when. So you're consuming other podcasts, you're reading websites, you learn on eBay, you can actually track, I think what, past 90 days, how much cards have been sold for. So it's wild, man. I mean, I'm, you know, I literally, what, I'm a two and a half weeks in, that's all I'm even doing the podcast or so. And so it's just constant consumption and obviously constant texts and calls to you to, to answer questions that I have, but that's part of the fun of it. Yeah. And I think about just in what you just described and all the layers and of just that one purchase and all that goes into thinking about that purchase and then what we've, how we've interacted since then. So I was getting ready. I don't know. I think I was in a meeting, Zoom call probably that's what everyone's doing right now. And I got a text from Kyle and it was just a picture of the uh, college draft pick, uh, Michael Pittman Prism uh, SGC 10 card. And I was like, is he buying cards? Like, is this his card? And he, 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 I was like, oh my God, he's in the game. So then I totally, what Kyle said is like, of course, like we're super excited about Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Um, like we're excited about our team going into next season. So why not invest in these guys? 
but then I like, I found myself sharing with Kyle that like, Hey, just be careful because like they're college cards and usually they drop value once the, their real NFL cards come out and the market. Yeah, so it was like gets... a learning thing for me there too. Right. It's like, I exactly, exactly. And, but that's something I learned too. And so then it's, then I think I also shared with you like, okay, yeah, these guys are super like, you know, attractive to us right now because they're skill guys and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you look at the long-term money and the growth, it's typically just in that quarterback position in the NFL. So like watch that out. And that's something else, like as I'm getting back into, you know, collecting and investing and especially NFL that I'm trying to take notes of and not to necessarily say like, okay, this is what everyone's saying or, or doing it, but there are those things based on the data and the market trends that are just undeniable that you have to take, take caution with as you're kind of building your own plan. Yeah. I mean, so you, Absolutely. Right. So I learned that lesson. So like at the end of the day, I've got a cool card of a rookie that I can cheer on and it was not very expensive, but I learned a lot through that process. I learned a lot post that process, just talking with you on, you know, football players and, and college cards versus actually like when they get into their uniform, et cetera. So then that started in another journey for me of, okay, cool. Like now I want to test like buying a rising star in the NBA and figuring out like who to invest in and buy a couple cars just to have, right? And see like how that plays out if the NBA starts starts up again. So it's just fun how one kind of initial interest, you learn some lessons and then you kind of divert and then like you go down another path that like right now I'm on that learning curve right now. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about that because this this is what really blew my in our interactions and when I knew you were in the game because like NBA is near and dear to my heart. I've been just hardcore into not only we're Pacers fans and basketball's everything here in Indianapolis. So many NBA players coming out of the city of Indianapolis, like uh, George Hill, Mike Conley, um, you know, you name it, like go look that up, everyone. It's insane. But anyways, basketball's in your face here. It's what we do. And I've, you know, not only a Pacers fan, but into fantasy basketball. So pay a lot of attention to every player, where they're at the depth chart, when they get minutes, what they're doing. And I've just been into that from the perspective of, oh, it'll help me m- maybe win a hundred bucks at the end of the year. But now I'm able to apply those things that I'm learning in fantasy basketball into investing. And I think you get, it's an opportunity to buy in low on something you see high potential. And obviously every episode I reference it, but it's that Seku episode, go back and listen to that. But I knew you were really in it and your head was in the right uh, space as mine is when you started texting me pictures of, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I was like, how does he even know who Jaron Jackson Jr. is? But like, why, why him? Like, why, why did you go after him initially? Yeah, so I'll be the first to admit, outside of like the Pacers, I know really nothing about the NBA, aside from like the big profile guys. Like, I'm college football, golf, NFL, IndyCar racing. Like, those are my sports that I follow. Like, NBA is just like a nice to have when I can go to a Pacers game or if they're like in contention, right, in the NBA. So outside of the team, I had I have no idea, right? It plays on what team and and uh, you know who would be considered like a good investment. So like any you know process, you just start from square one of like trying to understand in the last two years like what's that draft class will look like. Um, and then I think I went to like who played in the Rising Stars game in this you know past uh, what was it in February NBA All Star game. So looking at that list. Um, and then two, quite honestly, I reflected on like what you talk about, like, what are some of those intangibles? What are some of those players that maybe are a Robin to somebody's Batman or, you know, by your last episode, that Larry, 
And then also too, just trying to figure out, you know, over, you know, is there anything that that player has done that really just kind of like feels good that you're like, you know what, there's got to be something there because there's that like connection. And I'll tell you how I got there, but I ended up landing on Triple J. Like I didn't even know who this dude was. I didn't no idea he played for for Memphis. Uh, but you know, he's played in this 2020 rising all-star game. So, okay, cool. He's an up and coming NBA star. He was drafted what in 2018, I think in the fourth pick. So he's a relatively new NBA player and the kid's like 20 years old. Right. So from a development perspective, he's, he's early in his career. So yeah, he's 20 years old, which is crazy, but in card world and in card investing world, he's like, it seems like he's a seasoned veteran just because he's had, there's been a couple laps of rookies that have passed. Yeah. That right there is a good example. People like lose sight of people that might not have had their true breakout yet, but still could have a breakout, even if it's two years later. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so um, so he plays on Memphis. I think they're eighth right now in the Eastern Conference, right? So the NBA gets caught up like they're, they're kind of in that mix of you want somebody that gets into the playoffs and can make a name for himself. And then, you know, Memphis drafted John Morant, you know, this past year. So that's like the Batman of the team. And Triple J is like his Robin. And again, I don't think I've ever watched a Memphis Grizzlies game, but over the last 48 hours, the number of highlights and stuff I've found on YouTube just to see the guys play together, you know, you start building kind of that general interest for him. Um, and that kind of connection that I referenced that I evaluated as well. The guy went to Park Tudor High School in Indianapolis. No idea, right? So he's a home, you know, he at least at some point in his career was a hometown guy here in Indy. So that was kind of that, like, all right, man, he, there's something there. At least we'll take a stab and um, invest in just a, a couple cards. Again, very inexpensive, but it's just that philosophy of, hey, if this guy hits, you know, and you've got some of these, whether you've got it graded or you can send something in to get graded and it returns a profit. I mean, that's the fun of it. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of my interest right now and in, in watch. And, you know, hey, I may be completely wrong here or, you know, who knows? You just hope that he does well once NBA season starts up again. Um, but at least now I've got somebody else to follow and an interest to have not only to watch games, but just to follow up on statistics the next day. So, yeah, it's, that was how I, I got connected to him. Yeah, and there's the, always that who who knows, but you had several reasons of why, and as long as you have all those reasons and you've done your homework, it makes a, a good sound investment for you, and it gives you something to do um, and someone to cheer for. And I, I, I like how you evaluated and you came to your decision and – like I honestly, I think I might get off, 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 get off of this and hit eBay and start digging in because I just <laughs> kept visualizing John Morant, who I I've been on John Morant. Like I know he got a ton of hype in his senior year, but just I've been on him for a while. I he's a guy that I had to draft in my fantasy league. I looked at his numbers. I've been following John Morant all year. Then I got into cards, and the John Morant cards are nuts. I'm all about John Morant, and I think you're absolutely right that he, John Morant is going to have that Robin and someone that he's going to be feeding that pill to, and Triple J could be that guy. So that is, but the the one thing I will take caution on is YouTube too, and I'm not saying this about <laughs> Triple J, but in general, YouTube makes everybody look good. They do. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, right? You watch that's him, hard. Like just under seven foot tall. And the weird thing is, like, you remember Roy Hibbert playing for the Pacers, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he was, you know, big in blocks, could defend the rim. Like, Triple J can do that. Roy could, you know, pop the three-pointer from behind the arc. Triple J can do that, too. So, like, it's weird seeing almost a seven-footer have that versatility, and he prides himself on defense. But he's raw. Like, gets into foul trouble quite a bit. I think internally, like, watching him, there's a little resemblance of Roy, so then I have caution. Just to oh, boy, yeah. 
because we never really got that out of out of Hibbert here locally. But um, but it's fun, right? I mean, it, it brings that interest and passion back into sports. That for me, I just again not being connected to the NBA now. Now I've got a reason to to watch and, and stay interested in it. Totally. Okay. So jump into you got about your buying process. Who you you got into initially? What since you've been purchasing and you, I know you let me know that you're up at 4.30, probably slugging coffee on eBay. Um, so that's jumping all in. Trust me, most of my evenings, you know, I'll have to be very uh, careful because the person that uh, beside me will be sound asleep and my bright light will be on. I'll be flipping through trying to get deals. So the eBay is kind of like crack, but I, it's hard. It's like going to the casino. You just you can't just open your phone and go to eBay every second. It's just a danger yeah. zone. You want to be educated and sound before you get in there, get into that arena to, to evaluate. It's just like with any buying anything. So what resources and what have you been looking at, you know, in your short time to help get you up to speed? Yeah, a lot of it is just is um, consumption of just articles that you randomly search online or I'm a big YouTube guy. So like just finding a clip or, or an episode of somebody talking about, you know, either their methodology or, you know, their pros and cons on different players, right? You, you take everything with a grain of salt because to your point, like watching highlights on YouTube, anybody looks good. But I think just as with any learnings, whether it's in this space, in the business world, in the classroom, like the more collective experiences you have, the more diversity and stuff that you read or watch, right? Then you should be educated enough to come to your own conclusion on what you want to make a decision on. So, you know, I'm just in that early stages of being a sponge. And, you know, I listen to Stacking Slabs, as, as you all know. Um, and I think you pointed me in directions of just other, uh, other podcasts to, to listen to um, on a daily basis. Or I think you hooked me up with Discord the other day and some, some groups there, which that's a little bit uh, Greek to me. So I'm trying to figure out the purpose of those, the content, you know, the, the audience, right? Because again, it seems like a great environment where people are there to educate and um, teach others and provide content, provide cards, whatever. Um, and that's, you know, the market right now, there's just so many different mediums to consume. It's just figuring out what that right rhythm is and, and you know, continuing to kind of chip away to learn as much as you can. Yeah. And I think, you know, listening to your process and going through it, going about it the right way, like I talk a lot about people are going to enter this market because it's hot right now and people want to make a quick buck. That's going to happen with anything in life. No doubt about it. Um, but those are the people that are going to be spending a lot of money ripping wax and they're going to end up losing. People that get into the hobby that want to focus and be, build a strategy and make sound investments and do it because they have a little side income can really grow that um, investment. And I think in order to do that, you got to be a student and you got to be educated. So consuming as many resources as possible and not listening to what everyone says, but taking what everyone says and put it together and then take everything you know as a fan and investor and apply it to that. That's when you start operating on your own. And that's I've all the way jumping into this, the thing I always think about is it doesn't make a lot of sense to just go do whatever one else in the market is doing. It's you got to go in the other direction if you really want to hit it. So I think you are um, you're attracted to getting educated to find opportunities to invest in a player that see that player grow 8x in a year. That's what I'm interested in, too. But also making sure we've we're putting money in those proven players 
that we grew up with um, in which I would say are probably the more safe investment. So have you thought about just that we've talked about the new players, but just like, you know, the goats, the, the standard bears or the people that maybe have influenced us as we've grown up as fans. Have you thought about investing in, in anybody? And if so, who? Yeah. So, you know, I've looked, I've not made any investments, but again, I think I talked earlier that kind of my mental strategy is, you know, invest in rising stars, make a profit, use those monies to invest in kind of the, the bigger names, those goats that you talk to. The two that come to mind for me that I've looked and you just, you know, you hope one day to be able to pick up one of these cards is, you know, the Reggie Miller rookie or Peyton rookie, right? That are, you know, a 10 graded that, again, you just have that piece of memorabilia that you just hold on to and pass down to, um, you know, to your kids or to my boys. So, you know, those are the two in particular that I always Googled or always searched on eBay just to see what's out there, what the prices are. Again, it's all in that early stage of educating yourself on um, which are the right ones to go for and kind of the, the standard pricing for like a PSA 10 rated uh, card uh, of either Peyton or, or Reggie. And then two, I think you screenshotted me the other day that, you know, even golf has cards like with Tiger Woods and they had a rookie card for that. And that was like, man, the diversity of this space is crazy because I've always looked at it from the lens of, you know, just baseball, basketball, and football. So, you know, one of those days too, to have a Tiger rookie card as well. People can argue the pros and cons of his, his personal life, but as a player, you can't argue his success and his impact to the game. Uh, that would just be another fun one to have. Yeah, I'm, it's undeniable, like you just said, debate personal versus professional all day. But when Tiger Woods is playing, like, that's what are you doing? You're watching golf, right? And oh, I mean, what are we what are gonna be doing here when Tiger and Phil and oh Brady and Manny are golfing here coming up in a couple of weeks? I mean, I can't wait for that. So and that yeah, and yeah. that's some that's something too with that. It's like okay, well, what does that do for their cards, right? Right. Like, well, that's why I told you like the the last dance uh, couple episodes are, are wrapping up here. What I think this weekend, and you got your Steve card giveaway, her card giveaway, which which is pretty sweet that you're doing. But I was trying to get in on a, a Reggie rookie card, knowing that I think in ep- the next episode, they start talking about that final series. Um, and I think Jordan finally gives kind of the Pacers some props from, you know, how tough of a team it was for the Bulls to overcome. And so internally, I'm like, man, that may like give the Reggie rookie cards a reason to increase in price. So I better, better try to get one early, but I got sniped. That was my first like sniping experience in the, oh, the eBay so- auction. So again, another lesson learned through that experience. Yes. This, the old snipe jobs, we all get them and they always suck. <laughs> so it is, it is, we are in Indianapolis. It's atypical, but it is May. So we're obviously always thinking about the track, even though it's not going to be there. So let's round turn four with this last one for you. Man, that sucks. As I was talking through that, man, that that, that hurts not having the not having the race uh, in <laughs> yeah. May. It's my it's right around my birthday always, and it's um it's near and like dear Christmas to our hearts in, in May for us, man. It's like what we look forward to every year. It is fun, and there's the parties and the ridiculous nature, but. When you're sitting there and you're watching these guys fly around this monstrosity, going 220, 225, zipping around you, fighting for position, I mean, that it's giving me goosebumps talking about it right now. God, <laughs> missing it. But okay, so what, what would you, what is the advice since you're new to the game? You've got a sound, you're building your strategy, you're getting educated, you bought some cards. What is your advice for? The people listening that are thinking about jumping in or might be brand new to it like you, what's your one piece of feedback that you've learned so far? 
just educate yourself before I take an action on anything, right? I, you know, the temptation is there. I think you alluded to it. Just go to a card shop or to Walmart or Target, buy a box and see what you get thinking you're going to pull out, you know, thousands of dollars of a, of a card. And, you know, you've got to be smart from a monetary perspective. So being educated first, figuring out what model or approach works for you from a buying selling perspective and then you know find that first kind of entry point to make a purchase and you learn through every experience as i think i've kind of talked about just on my you know few interactions so be prepared to learn educate yourself and then have fun with it i love it i love it be a student is what i hear and that's what i talk a lot about so definitely hope everyone enjoyed this episode kyle i think we're going to you might need to be a reoccurring guest here. I'm going to have to drop you in <laughs> on some guest spots. I think the audience will like the brother to brother getting back in cards interaction. Would love to. Yeah. yeah. Thanks everyone for um, listening and um, we'll do more of these coming soon. Everyone be safe, happy investing, happy collecting. I, 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 I,